Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Simp Ahead. I'm your host, Zoe, with my co-host on the other side, Mr. Cantu. How's it going? Terrific Thursday, it, for sure. Terrific Thursday, as we're recording this on a Thursday night, and it Profit will game. be the weekend. Yeah, it's after Friday, Friday, Junior, but hey, TJIF, thank God it's Friday. The weekend is here. The Astros are on the road. They will be taking on... The Detroit Tigers, this first series, and then following that, they will be going against the Red Sox once again. Um, episode 123, we're going to title this Damp Socks. Shout out to Angel for doing that one because the Red Sox, I mean, it was up and down this series. I mean, the Astros in the beginning, they looked hot. They, they didn't look like they missed a beat. Uh, I, I guess that regrouping and that team meeting had gotten everything going for the offense and First two games look promising. Then that third game, um, I mean, and they, they scored two, but pitching just wasn't there. And then obviously that last game, that 110 start time at Minute Maid Park, it just, I mean, that was very tough, tough to see, especially getting the update. 17 to 1 was the final score on that. JP France, this guy's been unbelievable all year. Okay, let's get that going. He's not going to pitch every game. He's had quality starts through you know consecutively i don't think i think it was four or five this man you know maybe it was just he just got hit once in a while and the red Sox just were hitting off of him people were trying to figure out if he was tipping his pitches or not um to be honest with you it just didn't look like him and yiner diaz was on the same page i mean and just this series it mean it was up and down i honestly thought they were going to get the series to win after that third game but it happens, but Angel, give me that one word to describe this series, man. I would say unexpected. The reason is because the Astros came out firing at, in those first two games. Like you kind of had a sense that that team meeting that they had prior to the series like wasn't full effect. Like you know, they were serious business. This was a different team, especially a good, against a good Red Sox team. Like they're yeah, they they traded away some key pieces, but they're streakers. Like you know, they they getting some hot runs, especially late in October. But then. They lose in extras, you know. They let the Red Sox chip away and end up losing in a seventeen to one defeat. Like it's, you know, maybe it was like a little fatigue on the like on the on the Astros side. You know, they played late. They they finished late and they played early, but I mean, so did the Red Sox. So it's just like, um, and you know, the Astros had, they got to get home to their comfortable beds and stuff like that. So it's just like advantage should should have been the Astros, but it's just like Jamie Francis didn't have his day. You know, it happens like. Baseball is a game of mystery. Sometimes you have a great, a great game, and other days you just feel like that mound's ninety, feet, like sixty, like a hundred feet away, right? So it's just you know it happens. But the, the thing I noticed, and it happened at least like twice, is like when the Astros are close to regaining, like being first in the series, like they were just a half game back, and a win here could have put them in first place, and you just can't do it. I don't know what's going on. Like, it's just like when it's time for the Astros to regain the league, it's just like the first place in the AL West. It's just like, I don't know what happens. That's twice when they swept the, like when they won the series against the Rangers, they were close and it's just like they just couldn't, couldn't finish it. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it just, it's always happened to them when they get a chance to take an opportunity like that to get first place, at least tie for first place in the AL West. Some way, somehow, this team just decides not to do that, and they, they go backwards instead of forwards. Um, their record right now, 72 and 57, 
one half game back in the AL West. The Mariners have gone on top of the Astros for that second place oh, in the wow. AL West. Yeah, they're both tied at the moment, but obviously the Seattle Mariners have been, you know, kicking the butts out of the Astros this whole season. So they're going to have that tiebreaker, obviously. But the Rangers are currently playing against the Twins. But uh, before we get started with the shout-outs, I mean, Brian McTaggart had tweeted this before the game had even started on Thursday. He said, in the last week, Astros relievers 386 ERA and 25 innings pitch and two-thirds have nearly thrown as many innings as the starting rotation. The rotation's ERA, 644, and they have pitched 29 innings and a third. And if you count JPs, that's 29 30, 31, 32 innings pitch total. Astros starting pitch got to get it going some way, somehow, because this is not going to – They're like I said, if they're starting pitching, if pitching just in general isn't there going into the late part of September, then they're not going to be advancing any stages of that postseason. And honestly, the Astros have been, what, six straight ALCSs. So there could be an opera. There's possible. There's a possibility that they might not even reach the ALCS if their pitching continues to go how it's going right now. Yeah, I agree with you. And again, it starts with Christian Javier. I feel like every time Javier pitches, is like it's one of those like, man, if you can just stream out five, stream out five, you know, like like at least get to five. But that's not where he used to be. You know, every time Christian Javier came out, I was like, oh, quality start. You know, oh, seven innings, high strikeouts. But now it's just like, can he at least make it to five innings? And then with some guys not going to have it their way, like you saw, example, J.B. France, he needs to be able to step up a little bit. Like, Framberg, you said J.P. France got to step up a little bit? No, I meant when, Javier. No, yeah. What, what, what I, was I, said, I was about to say. I was about to defend the stash right there. <laughs> no, I said, like just how J.P. France was today. Javier needs to step up because you never know when a pitch is going to have an off day, like, you know, like that. So it's just like, and no, Framber, when he struggles, he still eats up innings. Verlander, you know, when he struggles, he can still eat up innings. It's just the other, like, the other guys. I, I think you said Javier, I'm going to say Framber that needs to step up. This yeah. guy needs to get back into his ace formation that he was in the first half. Because if this, if he doesn't get going, you know, obviously you already, already have Christian Javier pretty down this whole season. I mean, this guy's barely reaching the five-inning plateau. He can maybe give you six, but it's like five innings and done. With Framber, he has to pitch like an ace. If you could get your one-two going, then the possibilities are endless for the next part of the rotation, like going to Javier. If Javier could give you five or six you know, good innings, a quality start with two or three earned runs, by all means, I'll take that. But it's going to have to go on Javier. It's going to have to go on Urquidy. It's going to go have to go on Brown. They this after 1-2, if Framberg could get going and he is the and the Framberg that he was in the first half of the season, him and Verlander, I won't be, you know, shocked. I wouldn't be kind of like confused like why they're not pitching that well. It has to be 3 through 5 of their rotation. But one more thing before we get going, and this is another tweet by Brian McTaggart. Astros starters have gone five innings or fewer in seven of Houston's last 10 games. Let's make it eight now since J.P. France didn't even get through five innings. And, and I, I don't know the ERA now, but he had said posting a 575 ERA in that span in them last 10 games. 
like we said before, Angel, when we had that little regroup and uh, the vent episode, starting pitching got to step it up because I mean the offense is there. Nine nine runs the first and second games of that series, and then even the third game. I mean the offense stepped up. They scored early, four or five runs, I believe. Um, it's 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 just got to be the pitching, man. It's got to be the pitching. Yeah, and like we're talking about playoffs, like you know, like we're saying, uh, you know, they need to step up for October, but the Astros right now. If that's of, even if they even get yeah, that's what, uh, that's what I was getting at. I was like, right now, since the Mariners are in second place, that means they're second in the wild card. The Astros fall to third. Toronto's only at one game back. Yeah, you got Boston three and a half games back. They're gonna see Boston again too. Yeah. So I mean, as of right now, those are the only two competitors: the Astros, Mariners, Toronto, and Boston fighting for the wild card spots. And right now, the way Seattle is, eight and two. Mm-hmm. They're, they're hot, good. and then they're they're playing against KC this weekend at Seattle. Uh, Texas is playing at Minnesota, so mm-hmm. hopefully Carlos Correa, Christian Vasquez, former Astros, can help um, you know their former team out getting some wins for Minnesota because even Minnesota is, is still going to be trying to get the division and the um, and the AL Central. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad we don't have to see Adam Duvall either because every time Duvall stepped up to the plate, there was always a home run in each game. He hit three home runs of the four games at oh. Minnesota Park. So glad to see him out. But let's start off with the shout outs, Angel. Um, I think you already got one going. So how about we start off with you? Yeah, JB. You know that we're talking about p- pitching stepping up, and he did six innings pitch, yeah. five hits, one walk, and nine strikeouts. And this was after Lorenzo's question is, you know, when he was saying that JB hasn't had a good start with the Astros, he said, again, oh my beer, watch this. Yeah. So this was his first game as an Astro where he doesn't allow a run this season and his 11th quality start of the season. So if they're going to get this version of Justin Verlander every five days, that, you know, that's great looking forward because, again, those innings, pitch six, that's less, less time for the bullpen, and it gives the Astros a chance as well to win the game. It does. That was a vin- – I wouldn't say a vintage – well, I, I would say a vintage JV start. And I had said I need Justin Verlander to go at least seven innings, no run, one run ball. And, I mean, it was pretty close, six innings, five hits, no runs. I mean, I'll I'll take it against a good team like the Boston Red Sox. So, yes, a great start to shout out. Uh, My second – well, my first one, Angel, is going to be Martin Maldonado. I didn't think any way possible I would say Martin Maldonado being on a shout out because it's been a while since we had him shout out. Uh, but he went four for 12 this series, 333 batting average, four, uh, one home run, four RBIs. Um, he had a, his 10th home run of the season, double digits, double digits, Angel. He has reached go. the double digit mark. Um, his four RBIs this season, again, uh, this series against the Boston Red Sox are the most he has registered by any series this season. You could get this, you know, plate appearances in this batting type of Martin Maldonado, then this team's going to be really great in the postseason. And if they even get to the postseason, but yeah, shout out to him. And then one more thing before we move on with him, I had the stat right here. I got to give him a shout out for going that inning and pitching (laughs) because the Astros bullpen, like we've all said, and I believe everybody knows they're taxed and we needed somebody to go out there and be like, I'll have him in a shout out in a minute, but Martin Maldonado went out there for his second time in his career to be pitching in a relief role. He went one inning, five hits, four earned runs, one walk, 
given up one home run. His ERA is 36. And not too bad for a position player. Not bad for a position. His first his first relief appearance, though, zero ERA, but now it's at a 36. I wonder what it is career-wise, but um, yeah, I mean, when the bullpen had been all taxed and everything like that, give this man an opportunity, and they, they and then, you know, at the end of the day, they give uh, the machete, you know, a chance. This year he did like a 42 mile power curveball. Like it was, it was slow. No, nah, I didn't see that. No, it's like it's basically like a little rainbow. It's like the the good old Ethos pitch. Yeah. <laughs> and then right, another shout out the Breggs, Alex Bregman, seven for twenty. He got five at bats in every game, three fifty batting average, two RBIs, five runs. He didn't have he didn't hit a breaking bomb, but he got on base a lot. And, that, and you can see that with those five runs. This was Bregman's this was Bregman's ninth three-hit game of the season, and his first, um, which was accomplished in the first game against Boston. This, in this series. Yeah, I think we're not gonna see the Bregman of 2019 version of him. I don't see it any time really. Um, I, I'll say this though: if you could give me these type of numbers, and I think he's a good two-hole hitter, I'm pretty sure he'll be in the two-hole this, um, you know, coming late September and October. Which I think Dusty's been more comfortable now with him being the two-hole instead of the four-hole. If you get this type of Bregman, I'm all, I'm all ears for it because you got Altuve in the leadoff. You'll get Bregman, and then you you mix and match with Jordan or Kyle Tucker. So definitely. Deserving shout out for Mr. A. Briggs. My last shout out, Angel, I had like mentioned a little bit earlier. Brandon Belak. He deserves one. Five and a third, six hits, three earned runs, three walks, three strikeouts. A bullpen that has been taxed. I'm going to continue saying this because they have been. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's arms that are dead out there right now. And luckily, the Astros only threw one bullpen piece in that last game of the series, being Rafael Montero, just to get one out. But Belak, on the other hand, I mean, he went out there after France's horrific uh, appearance and threw 112 pitches. Before that, he threw 104 on August 18 last Friday. Oh, wow. So going back-to-back 100-pitch games, you know, shout-out to him because, yes, I'm pretty sure he would like to have a better stat line than that. But at the same time, too, the Astros needed somebody to go out there, eat some innings. And sure enough, Brandon Belak did that. Three on runs, not bad. Five and a third. That's more, you know, that's your typical start, I would say. But, uh, you know, Belak's always been that guy for the Astros when they needed somebody to come up and kind of give them a decent start or just give them some innings pitch. And he's done that all season. So, Brandon Belak, shout out to you for doing this for the Astros. Yeah, good call on the Astros for bringing him up. I feel like they kind of sent something because they caught him up like, what, a few days ago? Maybe yesterday? They, yesterday, I believe, because they uh, they optioned Seth Martinez. Mm-hmm. So he, he just came to the ballpark, I would say, Thursday. Yeah, so good, so good call on them. You know, they ended up ne- needing him. And he, I mean, he delivered. Like, again, that, like, that's a Brandon Bielek start. That's a triple, like, that's a typical Brandon Bielek start for sure. Yeah. But. Moving on, more on Michael Brandley. As you know, Michael Brandley's been in Sugarland doing a rehab assignment, and he's close. He's close. Uh, he started his first rehab game batting second and playing left field, finished the game over four. Also, this festival, he had two put ups. On Wednesday night, fifth rehab game, batting second and, and DH, finished the game one for three with two walks. This was th- Thursday morning per Brian McTaggart. 
Dusty Baker said Michael Brandy came into his office today and he's headed back to Sugarland and will play Friday and Saturday. Baker said he's not physically there yet. He's not ready, and I told him, let us know. When he's ready because he's camping at, at the bit, but at the same time, we can't afford to lose him again. Sometimes you can't do anything about father time as much as you want to. With the schedule winding down, we'll have to do what's right for him. Now, I know that's a lot, but just to let everybody know, Michael Brantley was the one who said he wasn't ready. So it's not Dusty Baker trying Dusty, to, like, yeah. yeah, trying to, you know, give him a little bit more time. Michael Brantley said he wasn't ready. And I'm sure Michael Brantley knows his body more than anybody else. Again, we're not aware because, I mean, he's doing pretty good doing rehab assignments. Now, I know it's hard right now for the Astros to kind of ease him back in because they need production. Like, if they had, like, a six-game, six or more greater lead and they were AL, first in AL West, okay, maybe, you know, you like you have that luxury to ease them in. But right now it's grind time, and you want all the healthy bats, all the healthy uh, arms on the field, all the healthy arms on the mound. So it's just like, just let them get better in the mind. I mean, that's that's the whole point of rehab assignment anyways, right? To get them mm-hmm. ready to go. So again, just by saying the father time part, you know, uh, the speaker really, uh, realize he's a veteran and sometimes veteran who are over 30 need a little bit extensive you know, rehab assignment, a little bit more time to fully recover. Yep. As we are recording today on Thursday night, he is not playing on the Sugarland Space Cowboys on the on the lineup for Thursday against the Rhino Reno Aces. But this is going to be interesting, okay? And he did say he's not ready. But I feel like because the Space Cowboys are going to be playing at home Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That was the first time that he's played back-to-back games in his rehab starts. I'm interested to see if Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, or whatever order, if he plays all three games, you can possibly see a call-up for that Boston series. Because after that, the Space Cowboys travel to Tacoma, uh, Washington. And I don't think Bradley's going to be, you know, traveling with the team to play out there if he's, if he, I mean, there's been speculation, too, that he's almost ready and that he could be ready coming. It was supposed to be this weekend, but obviously that wasn't true. Um, But, I mean, that's a thing to watch, I'd say, because Space Cowboys are just playing this this, uh, last weekend right here at home, and then they're going to be traveling to Tacoma, Washington to play, I believe their name is the Rainers, on Tuesday, so... I'd be interested to see what the Astros do right there because if he does play two of those three games or all three of those games, you never know. Could be a possibility that he could be traveling to Boston or I don't know what the space, uh, not the Space Cowboys, uh, the Corpus Christi Hooks. I don't know what their schedule's like, but that that's a I you know that's an eye watcher right there. I'd say. I agree. Just have to see about that, but like Angel said, just. Don't rush him. If whatever he feels, he knows his body more than anybody. He is the doctor smooth for a reason. He is a doctor. I don't think he has a doctor's degree, but at the same time, too, he he does know what he's doing. He's a professional hitter. Whenever he gets time, whenever he gets going, by all means, the Astros could bring him back. But let's get that preview going against the Detroit Tigers, Motor City, A.J. Hinch, Miguel Cabrera. This will be the last time the Astros will see Miguel Cabrera 
this season. Um, but Detroit Tigers are 66 and 58. No, that does not sound right. I don't have their standing uh, updated, but they are third in the AO East. Not the AO East, the AL Central. My gosh, Angel. Oh, what is wrong with me right now? Five and five in their last 10 games. Lost their recent series to the Chicago Cubs. So, Justin Verlander, this will be his last time pitching against Miguel Cabrera. This is the last time Jose Altuve will be seeing Miguel Cabrera, um, you know, being able to play against him. Even Miggy even gave, uh, had gave Altuve a shout-out for his 2000 hit. I don't know if everybody had seen on our Twitter page. We, we posted that video, and that, that was pretty cool. One Venezuelan to another. The Tigers are 58 and 69. 58 and 69. So I had the records kind of flipped. So because I saw that, I was like, there's no way they have a winning percentage right now. So yeah. Um, but let's get that three-game series going. On Friday night, you have Framber Valdez, 540 start time. He is nine and nine with a 355 ERA. He will be going against Matt Manning, five and four with a 431 ERA. The franchise, La Grasa, Framber Valdez, it's been a rough second half for him. After the no-hitter, you can really, if you really take out that no-hitter, it, it's been rough. It, it's been one of the most roughest patches we've seen Framber deal with probably since 2021 in that postseason or just even in the regular season as well. But Framber's last outing versus Seattle, five innings, 10 hits, six earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. His last start versus Detroit this year, he picked up the loss but he did go seven innings and uh, gave up eight hits, three runs, two of them being earned, one walk, nine strikeouts. That game sounds like a game that the Astros offense was not going. And if everybody knows, the offense in the beginning of the season is kind of hard to get going, too, as the Astros are a slow team in the beginning of each season. But on the other hand, you got Matt Matting, his last outing versus Cleveland, six innings, five hits, two runs, one of them being earned, one walk, two strikeouts his last start versus houston did pretty did decent five and two thirds six hits two earned runs two walks four strikeouts he did give up a home run and that was to the king king tuck kyle tucker um of course that 30 30 update is still there 25 home runs 24 stolen bases got to keep y'all updated with that of course with kyle tucker but matt manning on the other hand 5.01 runs score per nine innings in 2022 that was a low number. It was 386. So he's given up a lot of more earned runs this season compared to last season. He has even splits against both uh, hitters on the left-handed side and the right-handed side. Left-handed, you got 230. Right-handed, you got 233. But the bad thing about it for him is that he struggles at Comerica Park with a 605 ERA. Uh, but that, that's an interesting thing too here, Angel, because he's only pitched 19 innings and a third, you know, combined from his all starts in uh, Comerica Park. But you look at the away part of it, you know, away from Comerica, it's 357 ERA, but he pitched 45 innings and a third. So he's pitched a lot of his time away from Detroit. So, Angel, I mean, I'm going to ask you this because they didn't – he picked up the win against the Astros the last time. Um, what what adjustments are these, these Astros are going to have to do going against Matt Manning this time around? Well – like you said, he did pitch decent, but the Astros, I mean, when they got to him pretty good as well, like, you know, like, like how Tucker did it too. Um, against the Astros, his last start, he did throw 47 fastballs, 24 sliders, three changeups, and 15 curveballs. Now, that was like the first series, like his first outing in, like, in a, like this, that season in 20, this season 2023. Mm-hmm. Obviously, 
they're going to make the adjustments. But what, what I'm seeing is I think the Astros need to take advantage of that slider. Uh, it does have a negative two run value. It's his highest slugging percentage at 455 and the highest Woba at 342. So what I'm looking at is that he's trying to get it loan away, but sometimes he leaves it middle in, which is perfect for like guys like McCormick and uh, Altuve that they love that side or middle in. So I would say take advantage of that. Yeah, it's going to be important for them to do that because, I mean, Chas McCormick has been having a great season with the slider, even with the fastball, and, of course, Jose Altuve. One of the best hitters in baseball, I would say. Um, Saturday's matchup, you got a 5-10 start time. You got Hunter Brown, the hometown, homegrown kid, um, being in Detroit, 9-9 with a 4.50 ERA. He'll be going against Eduardo Rodriguez. One of the best pitchers, I would say, in the American League this season, the first half, even for the Detroit Tigers, 9-6 with a 3.03 ERA. And like I said, Hunter Brown's from Detroit, uh, Michigan. Kid's a homegrown kind of guy. Pretty sure there's going to be a lot of family and friends out there to watch him pitch. But his last time versus Seattle was very rough, like with a capital R, rough. Two and two-thirds, eight hits, six earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Bright side is he did pitch against Detroit last year, um, being in his second career start against the Tigers. He did pick up the win in that game, six innings, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, six strikeouts. I mean, he this kid's playing his first major league rookie season this year uh i expect better a better pitching stat than he did against the seattle mariners maybe a possibility a better stat than that detroit game he did last year so hopefully he does especially with his friend uh friends and family in attendance but you got Eduardo rodriguez and i think the astros have seen this guy a lot through his time with boston and now with the detroit tigers his last outing versus cleveland six and two thirds Four hits, one earned run, one walk, six strikeouts. His last start versus Houston, the Astros did get to him, and the Astros' offense have been doing a better job there uh, in his last two starts. But the start this year against Houston, four and two-thirds, six hits, four and runs, two walks, one strikeout. If you're an Astros fan, you don't want to hear this part, though. I mean, he's having a great month of August. He only had one tough game, and that was against the Boston Red Sox. Other than that, 3-1, three and one, 328 ERA. With him, you got to put pressure on him. You have to find a way to put pressure on this guy, just like how they did the first two games against the Red Sox. When Rodriguez doesn't have anybody on the base, the opponent batting average is a 196. When there are men on base, you could have a guy on first. You could, guy, you could just have a guy anywhere on the diamond, besides home play, obviously. He has a 288 opponent batting average and it just gets worse when runners in scoring position. So that that's the biggest if factor. If the Astros could get pressure, put runners on men on base, there's a great possibility that he could give up multiple earned runs. But for the left-handed hitters on my side, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, he does Singleton. have success against these guys. Yeah, Singleton as well. He, he does have success against left-handed hitters. Um, and left-handed hitters too, Alvarez, Tucker, they've done great against them pitchers, but we just have to see what's going to happen. He throws a 160 opponent batting average against the left-handed hitters on base percentage, 225. That, that's pretty steep. And Awoba, 224. So he's done really well against left-handed hitters this year. Um, maybe and with the Astros hitters like Tucker and Alvarez, they've done great against left-handed pitching. So, so something has to give on Saturday night. 
No, yeah. And I and I just want to go back on Brown. I know he struggled against Seattle. Mm-hmm. And um, something I did see is I feel like the Seattle Mariners knew when it was a fastball, it was going to be in the zone. And I, cause it was, like, he was just trying to beat him with it, so they were able to take advantage of that. And the off-speed, they knew it was not going to be non-competitive. Like, he, like they knew they were going to throw it for them to chase. Like, I was, I'm looking at his stats right now. He only threw six off-speed pitches in the zone. And those were – he missed high. He missed middle in four times. And then he barely got one low and away in the corner. Everything else were non-competitive off-speed pitches. So, I think if he wants to turn things around, that is one thing he needs to do, make his off-speed pitches off, – um, like more competitive. Like I, I know the mm-hmm. point of an off-speed pitch is to get him to chase, like to try to make yeah. him with a corner. But when they're missing way too much, or when they're missing way to the side, like it's just like the batter knows, like right away, it's gonna be a ball. So I was like maybe tighten up a little bit so he can get those chases. Yeah, could be the mechanics, the arm slot, um, of course, too your stride, things like that. That that can affect a pitcher. Um, but like you were saying too, I mean the command of his. Off speed, that's going to be very important because if he doesn't have that command, it's going to be Christian Javier. I mean, that, that's a prime example of when he doesn't have his uh, off speed going, it's going to be a long night and it's going to be a short lease for that starting pitcher. So, yeah, great point that you put on Hunter Brown. So, but for Sunday, series finale, you got Justin Verlander, 12:40 start time. He is nine and six with a 3.19 ERA. He will be going against Alex. Fido, two and four with a 491 ERA. Justin Verlander knows the home of Detroit. Um, obviously, he had spent a good amount of time there in Detroit before he got uh, traded to Houston. I believe he had spent about eight and seven, eight years in a Tigers uniform. I'm pretty sure there's a, lots of fond memories being in Detroit. But his last only versus Boston Angel, you you said his stats, um, they, they were really great. That's the Verlander that the Astros need. And I'm pretty sure that's what they're hoping for for his next time. And for JV, on the other hand, this is a bounce back start against the Tigers because he's already faced them earlier in the year when he was with the Mets. Um, he did receive a loss in that game. He went five innings, five hits, two earned runs, one walk, five strikeouts. But I just want to say this. Since returning to Houston, he has been doing a better job of the zone three and one with a 338 era uh he has an 8.3 strikeout rate per nine innings that's k per nine uh better than what he was with the mets he was very vocal about it too that with the astros he knew like when he came back he felt like he wasn't himself basically when he was with the mets now that but he's back in houston He's looking at some mechanics, and I think that's been one of the biggest things why he came back to Houston is because the pitching staff knows him. Josh Miller knows him. Um, Stats-wise and the what the technology has for the Astros has helped the players through this organization. Let's just go and say that because Charlie Morton, Garrett Cole, I mean, what, we've had great pitchers in an Astros uniform. Obviously, they – they went signing somewhere else. But with JV, I mean, he's been very vocal about being in Houston and talking about what, you know, makes him, you know, what makes him come back and what makes this organization so unique. So I just want to say that 3-1 with a 3.38 ERA. It's looking very good for Justin Verlander being back in a Houston uniform. Tigers, on the other hand, they got Fido. His last outing versus Chicago, Angel, six innings, three hits, four runs, two of them being earned, two walks. Four strikeouts. I've never heard of this guy in my life. I've, I've, he's He's been with the Tigers since 2016. He was a first-rounder, 17th pick overall. 
has never faced the Astros, surprisingly. You, you, you'd be shocked because 2016, you were drafted. I, you'd expect 2019, you'd be uh, be in the pros, but I, I'm, I'm not too familiar with his uh, career-wise. But three starts on August, he's done a really great job for the Tigers. 287 ERA, he holds an opponent batting average of 143. He does carry a... 565 ERA home. He has given up 28 hits total, 23 earned runs total, and allowing seven home runs. The most um, being at home than being away from Comerica Park. And this guy only has three pitches, Angel. You'd be shocked because when we talk about pitch arsenal, we're almost listing a whole book of four to eight pitches. But this guy only has three. Uh, four seamer and slider are going to be the number two Counterpunch, one-two punch right there. 14 fastball, throws it 49% of the time. 92, 94 average miles per hour. I mean, it has a great percentile being 84. Uh, likes to be thrown in mid to low of the outside corner. Then with the slider, this is put away pitch. 37.2% of the time, 82 to 84 average miles per hour. Uh, the most strikeouts out of those three is from the slider being 24. He has a 2,600 spin rate. That is a pretty good RPMs um, from a pitcher, especially when you have that number like that, that that's a great spin rate, uh, 40.1 per whiff percentage. And he throws that slider low mid outside. So if you're right-handed hitter, low to mid outside, left-handed hitter, low and in um, to you guys, but change up. He hardly throws it 13.8% of the time, but we'll, we'll still tell you the average velocity on that being 85 to 86. Great opportunity, Angel. I mean, we always say this all the time. We always say these games are great opportunities to bounce back. We said that about the Boston series. We, we even said it before that Boston to the Mariner series. Um, they they lost the first series at home against the Detroit uh, Tigers. That was early April. They, they got to find a way because Seattle and Texas right now, them are the top two teams in the division, obviously. Even in the AL wild card, you can say. But the thing that's going to help the Astros, you know, regarding this series, I'm thinking of the future. The Rangers and the Mariners had to play each other seven out of the last 10 games of the season. Oh, wow. Yeah, seven of the last 10 games. If the Astros can win some of these series games and not drop a lot of these series, because if you look at September, uh, if we we take away the Boston and the Detroit uh, you know, series away from Enemy Park. They play New York. They play Texas, San Diego, Oakland, KC, Baltimore, KC again, Seattle, Arizona. It's going to be a dogfight, I would say. And if they can't find a way to win some of these series, then, and I mean, there could be a great possibility that these guys don't make it to the postseason. But it starts right here in this series against the Detroit Tigers. They don't have a good, um, you know, winning percentage. They don't have a good record. Fido, I mean, yes, he's pitched pretty good. Uh, the Astros have seen Eduardo Rodriguez a bunch of times. Matt Manning, I'm pretty sure they're going to make a bunch of adjustments from that start. So opportunities there, Angel. It's just for the Astros, they got to go over there and take it away. Yeah, there's no more excuses now. I think, like we said prior to the Red Sox game, like every series is a must-win series. And the Astros almost had it. It's unfortunate they split the series, right? But the other side's not going to make it easier. They just, they just need to regroup again and have at it. But, you know, that's enough of the preview. Let's move on to our offensive pitch 
watching MVPs and hot takes. I went two for three last week. Bregman, Verdander, got me two. And then Astros starting pitching will have a lower ERA than the rest of starting pitching. It would have been close, but then just a bombshell by JP France. But it's all good. My new ones this year. I wasn't going to pick Hunter Brown, but you beat me to it. So let me go with the other Detroit star, Justin Verlander, as my pitching MVP. Uh, I think he goes a quality star, maybe seven innings um, in that start. So, yeah, he's my pitching MVP. And then my offensive MVP with Miguel Cabrera there in his hometown, say Jose Altuve will have a great game. I know they, they those two, whenever they link up, it's all fun, you know, in games with them. But I think Altuve – that's a little motivation that, you know, I, I outperformed Miguel Cabrera or something, you know, so, you know, wow. I'll perform. <laughs> Guy has 3000 hits and he, I, I know, but Hey, everybody loves bragging rights. Right. Uh, it's true. The, uh, and then my hot take is the Astros will score more than four runs in each game this series. So. I think that's a great one right there. Your hot take, because the Astros, I mean, the offense have been doing great lately. Um, Obviously, that last game wasn't there, but I mean, they've been having almost 10, you know, double digit hits each game. They had nine hits, I believe, the last game or the second to last game. So, oh, they had 10 all all these games. Oh, they had 10 the last uh, Thursday's game. I think the second to last one, they had nine. No, they had double digits. So, double digits through that series. So, yeah, that's a great one. And then Altuve, too. Altuve didn't get to see them the first time around. So, it could be the spark plug of that offense. And like we said before, he is the table setter. But mine, I went, I mean, what would you say? I had I had Jordan Alvarez, Christian Javier, and Astros take three from Boston. That's like um, an only three right there. I yeah, I, I don't even think. Did Javier, did he go four and two thirds? He went five? four and two Thirds, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check. When you double pitch? check. You double check, and I'll. It was uh, that uh, Tuesday game, right? No, I'm not 100 sure. I'll go 0 for three on that. I deserve it because that that was just a bad one um, for me. But it's a new series. It's the weekend. Four, he, he went. He went five. Actually, he actually got the win. Okay, well, give me the point. One for three. We'll take it. 333 batting average here. But it's a new week, like I said. Beers on ice. Fans, you know, it's the it's the weekend, Angel. Let's have a weekend, right? So I'm going to start off again. I'm going to say Jordan Alvarez again. Can Jordan Alvarez give me a point for this coming, you know, whenever we do the next uh, recap? Because the first game, obviously, he did good, actually. But the two other two games, due to jamming his finger on the door, you know, it really don't count. So I have Jordan as the offensive MVP. Hunter Brown, like you said, you already gave away my pitching MVP. I'm going to go with him, the hometown kid. I think, you know, there's a sense of urgency and kind of like, okay, I'm back in my hometown. I got to put a, a good performance in front of my family and my friends. So, yeah, I'm going to go Hunter Brown this one. Plus, he does need a bounce back start. Hot take. Astro starters will pitch six plus innings, but two of them will have seven. Do you want to take a guess what two I'm going to go with? Say the aces or something. You got to go with the aces. Framer Valdez and Justin Verlander will have seven innings of baseball for the Astros starting rotation. Well, this series really, because I mean, the bullpen needs to be kind of, you know, held on for a little because they're going to be playing the Red Sox against. So, yeah, I mean, there's this the offensive pitching and 
hot take. Okay, I like your hot take because again, hopefully it comes true because the Astros definitely need it. They need quality starts all around the board. But our over and unders again, we've been competing pretty rigorously. Which I, I'm at 28. I'm at 29. I feel like the Astros right now. Every time I come close as oh, I just scooch the pooch and drop down two or three uh, games. You, you, you did pick. You did pick up two on this one. Yeah, with the Yanni or Diaz, two strikeouts, and he played two every game. Two strikeouts. And he two played every game. Man. That, hey, he had his uh, – Todd Callis said he had his first walk since July 16th. Oh, wow. So that's how you know this guy's a free swinger. Yeah. Swinger. The, the definition of free swinger. Now, this got me thinking. Who, who was Who's more of a free swinger, Altuve when he was younger or Yanni or Diaz? Johnny or Diaz. That's a different <laughs> come on. Jose Altuve was hitting over 300 as a young guy playing in the 2014 2015. Jose Altuve is hitting, he had no. over 300. I know, but 286. I mean, that's okay. Well, if Yiner Diaz would start like how Jose Altuve was starting those years, you know, I would say maybe it'd be a different story. Maybe Yiner Diaz would have a 300 batting average if he was playing, you know, on. Playing in the lineup every day, but it, I, I don't know if I invented this or I don't know if I saw it somewhere. But what did invented. you hear? <laughs> no, it's because I let's see. I'm I remember pulling it up. I remember seeing something about Dusty Baker saying about Yanni or Diaz that you know that like the way he's been using him. It's like a quarterback. Uh, yeah. A quarterback. yeah oh, okay, so I did see it. I was. I was thinking, you know, like it's like a young quarterback. You don't just throw him out there, you know. You like, you you, you see and you groom him, and and then I think he finished it off like the Astros, like like the Astros will thank me the way I'm using him. Like he's like th- basically thank me later, right? So I'm, yeah, it's tough because the the pitching side of things they want Martin Maldonado, but obviously you know Maldonado doesn't have the hitting like Yiner Diaz does. No, but the the pass balls by Maldi have been a problem. Like, Even the framing, his framing yeah. is a negative. Yeah, it's bad this year. So I mean, if anything, if they want Marty to call the game, just do the old school. Just have him look at the signs and see on your ideas or something. But I don't know. It'll, I don't it'll be interesting what's going to happen. Like I said, if the Astros play the postseason, it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen for Brantley. It's going to be interesting to see what Diaz. But real quick, I got the batting average. So. If you take away those three years, well, take away the first year, Altuve was batting 276, and he barely was getting called up. He played 57 games. But 2012, he was an all-star. He was hitting 290, 147 games. 2013, 283, 152. And then after that, I mean, he went bonkers on the batting average. 341, 313, 338, 346, 316, 298. That's impressive. I could I could give the benefit of the doubt for him being a free swinger, but Yiner Diaz is a different free swinger. This man, okay, okay, now you got me to the walks now. Forty <laughs> walks, thirty-two walks, thirty-six walks. That's not a lot in a hundred sixty-two games it's series. Not. It's not, but I mean, think about the hits: one hundred sixty-seven, one hundred seventy-seven, two twenty-five. No, but the way Yiner Diaz is, able, okay, sometimes Yiner Diaz does make me mad. It's like, like what type of swing is that, right? But for most time, it's like. Did you see that slider? He just took the other way, and like, yeah. like he just had to get deep, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, like I forgot who was pitching. Oh, Chris L. Like, and, and that's a backdoor slider. He's just like, you know what? Just let me hit it the other way. So that's, I mean, that was an impressive swing for me. Like, you know, having the ability to stay back, keep the hands back, and just 
no, yeah, like as much of a free swing, I think I think that's a, a characteristic of a free swinger, be able to adjust to every pitch. No, oh, yeah, but all right, let's get back to it. Over, uh, and, over and unders. So, I think this, I think I already know the answer to this one, but I had put it before, you know, I thought we were talking about. So, it says, Does Verlander have a repeat in his great performance with seven or more innings against his former team? Against Boston, six innings pitch, Miami, five innings pitch, and Angels, six innings pitch. What do you say? Over. I'm going over. They need over. to start. I mean, he did do a good start in six innings. That's a good, you know, it's a good step to go in seven innings. You could do it one more time in Detroit. You don't know when. I'm pretty sure they'll be going back to Detroit, uh, if not next year, the following year at the end of his contract. So why not do it now, uh, being the last time he'll be at Comerica Ballpark for a good while. So I'll go over because, two, the Astros starting pitching needs and Dusty Baker, and they really need him to go seven innings. Oh, yeah. I agree. Now, we are they are playing against the Tigers. So mm-hmm. the Instead of doing saves this time, does Presley pitch more than two innings, two or more innings in this series? So if he hits two, you got it. If hmm. he hits more, you definitely got it. Again, this they don't have to be save situations. Yeah, just just pitching. Oh, but the only thing is, I feel like he'll be pitching in save yeah. situations. Oh, man. This one's a tough one. I'll, I'll, I'll say, man. I'll go under on this one actually because he did pitch two out of the four in the Boston series. Um, he pitched Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So I, I could see some of these games could be some blowouts. Some of these games could be very close, but I'm going to go under with this one for Presley. Okay. Again, I forgot to say, but he did pitch two against Boston, like you said, uh, two innings. Seattle won, Miami won. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to go over. I, I say he hits two exactly. Uh, yeah, it's I know. It, I know it's a three-game series, but if everything goes smoothly, the Astros should win this series. But again, the Tigers still gonna battle. Like, they're still a good team. Yeah, like you said, like they're third, but I think they're close. Like that potential side of the wild card still. I think they're still fighting for that. And AJ Hinch knows how to manage the team, so I think. Uh, yeah, I say maybe two. So I'm gonna go. Over, I'm gonna go over on this one. 13 games behind the, the last spot of the walker. Oh, never mind. Never mind. I stand corrected. <laughs> don't ignore don't, me. Don't, don't listen yeah. to that. So, I know Jose Abreu is coming back, but he did have an RBI and a hit against Boston. So, does Abreu record three hits or more this series? I'll go over on this one. Uh, he needs to get going. I think I was shocked not to see him in the lineup on Thursday, but Taking things slow, I guess you could say, but he does need to get going for this offense. Uh, if he could find a way to get going, this team could be dangerous. So I, I got to go over with this one um, for Pito. I think he'll he could get back to himself. Plus, he did play in the AL Central for so many years with the White Sox. So I think he does have a good understanding of this team. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, because I know you were saying about his going. So my thing was gonna be like he's played he can make a park with, against the White Sox. He was, I bet I'm sure he's comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. kind of new ballpark. So I'm gonna go over as well. Nice. Now, last one. I'm going to go with Jeremy, Jeremy Pena. I feel like we haven't talked about Jeremy Pena in a while. So, does Jeremy Pena record more than four hits? So, yeah, five against Boston. That was a four-game set, though. Two mm-hmm. against Seattle. That was a three-game, and then three against Miami. That was a three-game as well. I'm going to go over. He's been hitting the ball. He's been seeing the ball very well lately. Um, 
this past last couple games, the last 15 games, he's hitting 321. The last seven games, he's hitting uh, 280. He's striking out a little bit less. Out of those 25 at-bats in his last seven games, he's only striking out twice, two times. So he's he's starting to see the ball a little bit better. Um, his August split so far is 303. His best batting average this season is in August. So I'll go over with four hits because I think he's going to be another X factor to get going for this team. Dang, you actually came prepared with all those stats. I, mean, like, I thought like... about it. I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I got to come prepared with, with Pena because, of course, like you said, we haven't had a Pena over under in a while. So, yeah, that, that, that was a good one. Dang, I, I don't know now. Uh, you're going to say under, right? I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, you know what? You know what? I say one of these games might be a blowout or you know, high scoring game for the Astros. So I'm gonna go over on this one again. <laughs> I'm playing this safe on this one. They're playing safe. So there's only one of them being the tiebreaker. Well, not really the tiebreaker. We'll be tied or I'll just gain another a little bit of ground yeah. on you. And that is the Ryan Presley one. So yeah, I mean, some good over-under questions. You let us know what y'all think, uh, if y'all see the episode or listen to the episode. But, of course, listen to our episodes at Full Seam Ahead on, on our uh, podcast platforms, Google, Spotify, Apple. You know where to get us. Find us a rate. Well, not find us, but give us a rate. Uh, leave us a review. Leave us some comments on one of our videos. If you think it's good, give us a thumbs up. So really appreciate the feedback. But follow us at Full Seam Ahead on Twitter. Or X, whatever you want to call it. I, I might have to update that logo if they even have it, Angel Shoot. They do. Um, shout out to Elon Musk for doing that. Gosh. Uh, TikTok as well. Follow us on there. Uh, Instagram, FSA, Full Seam Ahead. And Threads. Don't be afraid to look, continue to look on our Threads. We're still on there as well. But, Angel, you got anything else before we sign off? No, just thank you for listening and thank you for sticking to us. Uh, it's been a long season. I know the Astros are, you know, fighting for a division crown, but we're also fighting for views and stuff. So thank you for those who support us 100%. Yeah, like he said, I mean, we're views and downloads and plays have been doing really good for us lately. So we really appreciate everybody that's been listening to us through the regular season, even from last year, but new followers as well. Thank you for, you know, coming in and listening to us and hearing our thoughts on the Astros. And of course, you know, with the previews now i'm pretty sure there's not a lot of a podcast that will give you the full pitching matchups going in but until then we will give you the recap of that tiger series we'll see if it ends up in an astros dub series or an astros l series but until then we will talk to y'all later have a great and safe weekend and go strokes go strokes